This episode of the Tabletop Submarine Podcast is produced by Cake Pie Games. Cake Pie Games, games that are a piece of cake to set up and easy as pie to teach. Welcome to the Tabletop Submarine, where we dive a little bit deeper into why we love board games. Strap in and prepare for a deep sea adventure. You're your host. Part two, part two, part two, part <laughs> two. Voyagers, welcome to part two of On the Floor with Pax Unplugged with us, Tabletop Submarine. Me specifically, because I'm the only one that's there. I'm always as your <laughs> stuttering host, Josh. And with me is my number two, much more eloquent host, I like to think I'm eloquent, but sometimes I do not prove that to be true. But anyway, I'm Andrew, and we are here for part two, the second half of the download of information that you're all looking forward to. Exactly. We try to get this out as quick as we possibly can so that you can still ride on that wonderful PAX wave that is stirring and stirring as we go along. Well, Patrick, a little bit of an update. There was, I, there's, PAX never releases their numbers they don't it's just something that read pop the parent ah. company does but i've got from inside sources meaning people who i know who know people that <laughs> the estimated attendance is somewhere between 32 and thirty-seven thousand tickets bought okay so that is that's huge i mean that's dwarfs origins at this point and what they're trying to do it's half gen con it's half of gen con I mean, what are your thoughts on this development? This is this, this has only been around for a couple of years now at this point. Yeah, I I think it's in the top four, and uh, sounds like it's probably two at this point. It seems to be the only convention on the East Coast that is gaining real traction and is bringing in uh, larger numbers. So, if this is the destination to uh, prior to Christmas shopping a place that people can go and, and check out the new games. Also, you know, it's after essence. So you've got the brand new games table and like the, the imported games section. I can totally see why this is starting to emerge is number two in the United States. Yeah. I'm, it's starting to become, yeah, like you said, the post Essen con, you know, after Essen mm-hmm. happens and there's a million releases, publishers who will work with those European publishers or those, you know, Eastern, basically the publishers not in the North America, bring their stuff over here so that we can buy it from them. And that really amps people up. Plus, Philly is just a great city, like we mentioned before. So right. hopefully this means that next year we'll actually take over the entire convention center because there's lots of people say like, oh, they're doing – I heard someone say like they're doing the entire PA convention center. That's not true. There's tons of nooks and crannies that were not being used that could be right. used. And I'm hoping maybe we can actually grow this con because it's not too far from me and I don't have to go to Gen Con at all. So. <laughs> It's it's all thing there. I'm definitely making it a priority this year to go. So yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, we should just do what Bob did. Next time, we'll just get a week. A bunch of us friends who are all connected. We'll get a giant Airbnb in the city, and we'll just eat food, play games, and then we can all do our business on the weekend. Uh, I, I yeah, sure. Count me in. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, let's head to a pre lunch really quick and talk about games we've been playing recently. The pre launch know us and our guests. So in the pre-launch, we talk about one game we played recently and how we felt about it. Andrew, you have a hot game that you want to talk about. Yeah, this is a game that is obviously in the hotness because, you know, no nothing that Stonemeyer does comes out. It doesn't have some hype or some, some volume and some 
some some drooling anticipation behind. This is called Apiary. It's basically bees in space. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> so this is a worker placement game with a worker displacement mechanism. So essentially, no spot on the board is blocked. But if you go there, you bump another bee off of it. And either that bee factors into how that space is going to be a strength for you. Or you can basically improve that other person's B. It makes them stronger. And each B has four stages. So it can evolve from a one level to two level to three level to four. And then once it passes four, it hibernates. But that is triggering a track toward the end game. I think it's really clever. There's a lot of cool things going on here. I think it has echoes of viticulture where you can uh, find some really super powerful combos and take a lead and, and dominate pretty quickly unless the other player is paying attention and, and stops you or cuts off the progression. Um, but in three plays, I'm really enjoying it so far. And I think the production level is really, really good. I love the little spaceship B, the little alien queen bee that can float and hang above the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it needs to be painted. But uh, outside of that, it's really cool. And uh, the individual bees that you send out are basically four-sided dye uh, with a long tube style of that with, with bee heads and tails. Really kind of a cool production. So I like it quite a bit. One I've wanted to play for a little bit, just haven't got around to it. But I know people, if I want to play, I can make it happen. As for me, mm-hmm. I found the cutest little game ever. It's from Alley Cat Games. I picked this up at PAX called Tinder Blocks. This is okay. the simplest game you'll ever see. You have a bunch of wood rectangle components, a bunch of yellow and red cubes. On your turn, you get a deck of cards. You have this little base of these three wooden blocks. This will represent logs because you're building a fire in the game. On your turn, you flip the top card. It tells you what blocks you need stacked onto each other. So like maybe you need a brown log and two red flames. Stack those on each other and then put it onto the little stack that you're making to build your fire. Now, Andrew, mm-hmm. that sounds boring, I'm sure. But what makes it fun, nope. though, is that you have these little tweezers, little white, horrible tweezers, like absolutely horrible. They don't grip really anything, but you have to like manipulate it, and you have to take the tweezers and pick up your stack and put it all in there at once. And sometimes the card will have a symbol where you have to use your non-dominant hand to do it. And it is absolutely delightful oh it's, it comes in okay. a little tin it was 13 bucks i have played it probably three or four times since i've bought it and i am just okay. a, i'm in love with this game this, this is just something i can bring anywhere and say let's stack some wood cubes it doesn't take any much to explain <laughs> and it's it looks it, it looks like a fire it looks like an abstract fire i mean i love, love it. building fires this is a game i would take camping uh, it's tin so it's durable i throw it in my bag we go out we put this little thing next to a campfire we just play this little game Oh, Alley Cat Games nailed it with this one. It's not their biggest hit, and it's not going to be on any hotness recently. But for me, this is the kind of game that just tickles my heart and makes me smile. Well, that's Tinder Blocks from Alley Cat Games. Does it bring out the inner pyro in you? Oh, it does. It does. My, <laughs> my inner pyro who loves torching wood. Just... It's awesome. A nice sound effect, too. Thank you. All very right. Much. I'm going to pop a little surprise on you here, Josh. We have some breaking news in the industry, and we don't normally do that around here. But um, there's a brand new board game publisher. Have you heard about this? I think I have, but I'm going to let you handle this, Andrew. Go for it. It is Play to Z Games um, with 
basically uh, Zeb Schlesinger. He is apparently the head of this, but Stephen Bonacore is involved. Scott Brady is involved. There's a bunch of really cool people being involved in this project. They just put out a press release today. I'm really excited to see what these guys do. And they have their first game announced. Um, it is Ascending Empires. But with that kind of crack team, I have no doubt it's going to be one we have to keep our eyes on. This is like the unbeknownst heavy hitters in the industry. Like there's like people on our level who are more in the industry and seeing all these names, you're like, holy cow, what a company. Like this, yeah. it's just like the Avengers coming together to make a, a publishing company. And I think mm-hmm. they're going to do amazing. We could talk about the news all day because me and Andrew like talking about this kind of stuff, but you're here to listen to the interview. So let's hop back into the dive and we're just going to go straight into our first clip after the transition. Hey, Voyagers, we have a quick moment with Josh Norris of Original Sasquatch Games. You said to me your company's not to know, but they might know the game you guys are showing off. Yeah, so the game's called Catastrophe, a game of nine lives. It has cats. It's really, really fun. Players start with nine lives, and they're starting at the top of a magical cat tower. And the goal of the game is to be the last cat standing and try to survive uh, the villain of the game, the Grim Reaper. So I came to this last year looking for this. My wife did. She, she was enamored with this idea of this game. Came when you guys were also that last year. How's it been going for you guys this year? It's been going amazing. Last year we had a 10 by 10 booth and we did sell out. We didn't bring enough product. So this year we brought a lot more product, more than double. And we have a 10 by 20 booth. So uh, we've had all of our tables, five tables completely full and people wanting to demo even more and, and getting a lot of sales. It's been good. It's been really fantastic. That's really good to hear. So since you don't have a lot of time right now, I would love to ask more questions, but what's your favorite memory of PAX? Yeah, so, I mean, I have so many wonderful memories from here. I mean, memories of, of last year selling out. But really, I think one of the favorite memories that I have was last year, there was a family that had recently been struggling with homelessness. And um, they were living in a hotel, and they had a young daughter, and she came. And they just loved the game. And it was uh, helping their daughter just to... Um, they, they came to me afterwards and saying, gosh, it really helped her get out of her box and to start to play with other people. We've never seen her... Uh, want to teach a game and she got this game and she went over to strangers and started teaching them the game and just helped brighten her day so much Um, and they came back to the booth and and the dad made pens and he gifted me one of his pens and uh, when they came back I was thinking oh and it was right around Christmas what could I do that would help to to, uh, make their Christmas just wonderful and her Christmas wonderful so we sell a bunch of art, art posters of the cats that are featured in the game we have like 47 of them. So I got all those posters wrapped up, bundled up, and and gave it to her. And she had just this huge smile from ear to ear and was just so excited. And, and that was a really special memory for me because it's just it's about the community and impacting people's lives and bringing joy and laughter. And that's the reason why I made this game is because I just want people to be able to have great time face-to-face with their families, uh, without their phones, and create laughter and fun and community around the table. That's what the, there's very few industries that you can have those kind of stories, so that's awesome. If people want to support Catastrophe or Original Sasquatch Games, what can they do? Yeah, so they can go to www.catastrophenation.com, and that's spelled just like Catastrophe. Um, or they could go on Amazon. We have the game now on Amazon, uh, Catastrophe, A Game of Nine Lives, um, and you'd be able to find it on Amazon, or go to our website and check it out there. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Have a great rest of your con. Yeah, thank you so much, Josh. This is awesome. Great getting to talk with you. Yeah, so cat pun survival games. Those are winners, right? Like those are automatically things that are bestsellers all over the world. Um, but more importantly than that is is the human connection. And I think that's really great that he was not only finding the human connection, but seeking it out, like finding a way to emphasize it and bring more to it. And I now imagine that that little girl, wherever she is in the world, will have whatever room is hers, wallpaper pasted all of those cats all over her room. That's how I imagine it. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't care. That's how I want it to be. And it's those kind of stories that really endear gamers to publishers, mm-hmm. knowing that there's a human who cares behind the game. Yeah. And that's one of the wonderful things I think about our show, if we want to tour our horns, that we are able to sometimes provide people with those connections through stories. Hey, Voyagers, here with Justin from Severed Books. They're, they make one of my favorite RPGs that's come out in a very long time. It's super unique and original. Well, I'll, I'll let you guys tell us about it. What is Severed Books? Severed Books, uh, I've been running it for 12 years, and we specialize in like dark, gritty, rules-light, narrative-heavy RPGs. Exactly, and you guys do Mork Fork. Can you give us yeah. me a brief synopsis about what Mork Fork is? It's it's great, but I want people to hear from you. Uh, so yeah, Mork Fork. Uh, imagine black metal come to life. <laughs> you are probably gonna die. Rules light, flavor heavy, amazing artwork. And it's all about the vibe, like how you feel at the table. Um, it's unlike anything you've probably played. I agree with that. So since you don't have a lot of time, what's your favorite PAX memory? Oh my gosh. So my buddy ran 10 candles for us really late night. Great game. <laughs> oh, life-changing. Like, oh my God. it was so heavy, so deep, and it got really late, and we still talk about it all the time. I, I can talk more about 10 candles in the podcast. Listeners, trust them. 10 candles is fantastic. Um, if people want to support Severed Books, what can they do? Go to severedbooks.com and now severedtoys.com because we're doing a first party Morkborg action figure that'll come with a zine by Johan and Pele. Thank you so much for your time, Justin. I really appreciate it. Have a great con. Thank you so much. I'm honored. Thank you. All right. So one of those things about role-playing people is that, man, they like to go down the rabbit hole. They they really, really do. And it sounds yeah, like... Yeah, we do. It sounds like this tabletop role-playing game, this Morkborg, is going to keep going down. I mean, they've got an action figure now. That's... Pretty cool. And then a story associated with it, so you can read that. And then it sounds like it's dark and gritty and dirty and nasty and probably going to die. I mean, those are things that, like, don't really... They don't really excite me so much, but God, with just seeing the look in your eyes and the excitement and the sparkle, yeah, I'm going to go with you. Let's go. Let's go. So so think of it this way. This is a... This is like... Do you like Mad Max Fury Road by chance? Yeah, it's okay. Not a huge fan. Okay, well maybe. Well, think of it as, as like a metal Monty Python. Type. Okay. Uh, hey, listen, so like, that that sells me more. I got it now. Yeah, that's how I describe. I haven't been able to play a game of this. I just read the rules. I would need to read it again in order to play it. But holy cow, it's a really simple system. You are probably going to die, but for short campaigns, and it's just metal. Like it, it's it's basically taking you know a spin on you know. Like modern day scripture theology of Christianity mm-hmm. and putting it into like a post apocalyptic metal world. And so, you know, some people won't appreciate that and that's fine. Right. Even though me as a good old Christian boy, I just think it's awesome because it's not, I don't think it's making fun of anything in particular. Personally, after reading it or viewing it for myself, it's just metal. <laughs> that's not the best way to describe it. Can I, can I do insults like your mother was a steampunk vacuum cleaner? 
Oh, yeah. You can say your mother. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> hey, Voyagers. We're here with Jake from Last Night Games. I've known about you guys for a while because you're one of your games. I'm sure you're talking about the finest fish. Blows my mind with how good it absolutely looks. So how's it going for you guys here at PAX? Uh, it's been amazing. It's super busy here. Attendance feels like it's up, and it's been really exciting just to be part of the energy and everything. Awesome. This is your second time at PAX, correct? That's right, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So how's it been going for you guys? It's been incredible. Uh, no complaints at all. We've been selling a lot of games, demoing for days. Hopefully I can keep my voice until the very end of it. You guys are really busy right now. Normally I like to talk to you more. I'm just going to jump straight to the point. What's your favorite memory of PAX? Uh, honestly, we have a demo table over there near the entrance. And just when they drop the ropes in the morning and just massive amounts of people just start pouring in like an ocean. That's just really, really cool to be a part of and to see. Fantastic. And what are you guys showing off this con? Well, we have four titles out here. Um, the most popular one has been Horticulture. It was in the Learn and Play event. As soon as that ended, there was just a line of people who came over here to pick it up. Uh, want, right? Yeah, it's been exciting to, to see that uh, that product move really well, and people love that game. So, Absolutely fantastic. Well, if people want to support uh, Last Night Games, what can they do? Well, you can always visit us at lastnightgames.com. You can follow all of our uh, different social media channels, particularly Instagram, uh, and stay in touch with us. we got new games coming out through 2024. You'll want to pay attention and watch for those. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Hope you have a great story convention. Thank you. It's great to meet you. So his favorite memory is the stampede. That's really interesting. That's <laughs> that's what I took away from that story. But but also what I heard in there was really cool. And that is one of my favorite parts of these big conventions is the learn to play, right? Like you don't have to know the game. You don't have to be versed in the game. You don't even have to know any of the rules. You can literally show up at a table and someone will teach you the game, whether that be a demo or that be a learn to play event or even a play to win event. That's pretty cool that those things exist out there. Um, and it's my favorite parts of conventions. Oh yeah. And I think last night's going to start producing some interesting games. Like finest fish looks fantastic. Life of a chameleon always intrigues me. I'm excited. I remember when horror culture was still a prototype, like mm -hmm. three years ago at Tantrum Con when I last played it. And people were loving it, so I'm glad it got picked up somewhere. Hey, Voyagers, we're here with Liam from Alley Cat Games, coming all the way from the UK. Liam, how the heck are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here. We're on uh, the Saturday now, which is completely sold out, so there's people everywhere. Um, everyone's happy, everyone's excited to play the games. Um, doing really good. So, Last year, you guys didn't have any stock. That, that sucks. But now you're here, you're in full force. I hear you're selling out of stuff. That's awesome. How, how's, that, how's that feel? It's, it's great. Um, it's, uh, we've got so many new products here. We've got the, the new Arborea. We've got the new Paper Dungeons expansion. Our new Unfold series in the uh, escape room style game. We've got Roman a Day, Magic Rabbit. All of them have been super popular. Um, the piles of games are quickly dwindling. Um, we've got some demo tables set up and everyone that's playing it is loving it and coming and grabbing a copy. So uh, we're really pleased, really excited. Just wish I'd bought more stuff. That's always the, the bane of it, right? Like, you never bring enough stuff. Never enough stuff or way too much stuff. There's so, no the ground. So what's your impression of PAX so far? As your second year here, you're in full swing. How do you feel about it? 
It's great. Um, as I said, everyone's always very lovely, very excited to be here. Um, there's loads of other publishers and a lot of indie publishers as well. So it's great to go and meet those, make friends. Um, we made friends with the guys at uh, Darkwood Gaming. They've given me this little meeple I've got on my shoulder. Um, so uh, they have a whole bunch of uh, cool wood components and laser cut components and thing like, things like that. So it's great to meet other people, make friends, see what they're doing and just be all in the middle of the uh, the board gaming culture. So I just saw Tinder Blocks. Looks amazing and fantastic. Like, I immediately grabbed me. So if you guys are making like games like that in the future, I'm super pumped. What's what, what's coming next for Alley Cat Games? Uh, we have a whole bunch of things and a whole bunch of lines. Uh, the idea of Alley Cat Games is that we make fun for everyone. And so we've got, um, just finished a Kickstarter, Kalamala, um, which is a, a game from Fabio Piano, designer of Autobahn. Uh, co-designer of Autobahn. Um, we've got more Kickstarters coming next year, we've got more tin games coming next year, so sneak preview, Core Prince is coming, so if you like Tinderblocks, if you like Kitten, keep your eye out for that. Um, we've got a few more games all packed in down the line, so it's going to be a busy year for us next year. If people want to support Alley Cat Games or follow you, what can they do? Uh, there's many things. You can come say hi to us at conventions. Uh, you can head to our website, alleycatgames.com, sign up to our newsletter, see all of our upcoming things, uh, follow our Kickstarter pages when we launch them, um, get involved in um, talking to your local FLGS about our games, saying what you love about them, um, looking at our social media, watching our streams, anything like that. Awesome. Well, I want to get back to the convention, but thank you so much for time, and have a good, have a good rest of your con. Thank you. You too. It's been lovely to see you. I actually got a chance to meet Liam and I pitched him one of my games and it wasn't a good fit and that's totally fair. But now I understand what his company is doing and I think it's really cool. The way they are trying to do these pockets for people of different levels of gaming, I think is really smart. And unfortunately, my game fits between the pockets. So it doesn't work, but that's okay. It's not for everybody. Uh, but they are doing some cool stuff and uh, I'm excited about this new stuff now. Kinderblock! That's <laughs> all I will say in response to that. Hey, folks, we're here with Red Raven Games, one of my favorite publishers, and we're here with Mallory Lockett from Red Raven. So, what, Mallory, what, how's your packs going? It's going great. This is my first time here, and I'm loving it. Awesome. So, what do you do for Red Raven Games? So, I'm the CEO of Red Raven Games. So, Ryan is the illustrator designer, and I do development and almost everything else. So, awesome, awesome. So, what are you guys showing off here at PAX? Well, we're really excited that Distant Skies, our newest version of Sleeping Gods, is going out to backers this week. So we're showing it off on the table, and I love running the demos. We've also um, got Creature Caravan here, so we're excited to be running those demos, too. Awesome. So what's your guys' favorite memory from PAX? Well, this would be it, since this is our first PAX. I mean, we just love how much time there is to play at this show, so it's got a great vibe. Oh, awesome. So if you want to support Red Raven Games, what can they do? Well, you can come by the booth. We've got a bunch of QR codes you can scan and do pre-orders or join in on our campaigns. Or you can just check us out on redravengames.com. Awesome. Well, I know you're very busy, so thank you so much for your time. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Hey, thanks. You too. Red Raven Games is one of the few companies that is... They don't have a miss, right? Like, everything they do is good and impressive. And, of course, that world is somewhere I want to live and explore and see all the different kinds of toad people and you know pelican people or whatever the heck they're doing but everything is beautiful so ryan lockett's art is captivating and amazing but also it seems like they're always up in the game with the gameplay so every game is better than the one before i hate to say it this way but i almost feel like i'm 
trading in my previous game for the new game every time I buy a game with them. What are your thoughts, Josh? I think they're different enough to where you can have all of them. I think <laughs> especially with maybe Sleeping Gods, you can do some swipping and switching and stuff like that. But, you know, they keep making games better. I think they're all unique in yeah. some sort of way. I mean, you can have a whole shelf of Red Raven games and be content with all the games you got. And, yeah, it was really exciting to meet the Lockets. I only got to meet Mallory. I've been a, I've been a fan of that. I kind of I call him, I kind of put them together as the design team, mm-hmm. even though Ryan is kind of the artist and designer. Mallory, if you watch their documentary, which I have, she is in this just as much as the CEO and running this ship. Right. So it was really exciting to, like, to meet both of them very briefly. Like That was a minute she was kindly enough able to get me just over the booth so just grateful for it but i love red raven hopefully we can get them hopefully we can get ryan or mallory on the podcast one day to you know plug stuff and just share stories i believe that every designer has a significant other and that person is a developer whether they like it or not like there's no there's no way about that <laughs> if you've play tested the game more than once your significant other will have the most possible impact on the way that design evolves so, yeah, it just goes without saying that she's definitely one of the developing team. Hey there, Voyagers. We're here with Matt Hudson from Direwolf Digital. I think it's just Direwolf, though, right? Correct? Hey, it depends. We know who you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Well, you guys are showing off a lot of games here right now, but what are you guys are showcasing here today at PAX? Uh, we're really excited. we got a lot of good stuff. Uh, sort of most notably, we just released Dune Imperium Uprising, uh, the latest installment in the Dune Imperium franchise. Uh, along with Dune Imperium Digital for Steam Early Access. So there's a lot of spice flowing here at PAX Unplugged, and uh, it's always an exciting time to be out with new stuff, getting in front of people. But what can people, ex- what can Dune fans, or even just fans of Dune Imperium, expect with this new Uprising game? Oh, so the thing I like to say is that the first couple of expansions for Dune Imperium focused on deck building and worker placement, and Uprising really goes deep on combat. Uh, the rewards are bigger than ever, the stakes are higher, that all ties into the new Dune Part 2 coming out, and uh, of course you're not going to have high-stakes combat without worms. So the sandworms have finally entered the battle, the shield wall hangs by a thread, and uh, when that comes down all bets are off. So it's a, it's a really exciting time to be getting into the fight. Awesome. So you guys do a lot of great stuff and it all looks great, but I want to ask you, Matt, what's your favorite PAX memory? My favorite PAX, I mean, PAX is such a fantastic show, and I think it's really made by the fans. You know, like, I, I think the exhibitors who come here are kind of like riding the wave of enthusiasm. And the favorite, my favorite PAX uh, experience is always when you see somebody here for the first time, because there's this look of, you know, you're slightly overwhelmed, you're slightly wide-eyed. And you can kind of have that moment where if you pay attention to the people around you, where you can see them figure out, yeah, this is the place I belong. This is These are my people. This is the thing for me. And that's always really special. Uh, and when I see those people, I like to give them pins. Because uh, you should never, you should always come home from your first packs with a collectible pin. So. Yeah, that's what my life loves. She loves pins, so I understand that completely. So if people want to support Direwolf, what can they do? Uh, you can always find us at direwolfdigital.com or on any of our socials. Uh, and in particular, if you want to check out our games from the comfort of your couch or uh, your own home, uh, you can get us on Steam or on iOS or Android for a bunch of our great digital adaptations of board games and really kind of dig in and explore at your own pace that way. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time. Let's get back to it, but have a great con. Anytime. Have a great show. Okay. I can't speak highly enough about what Dire Wolf is doing with board game adaptations in a digital format. I think they do a great job. They are probably the premier one for doing on the iOS and and my apps and, you know, like 
my tablet is full of their games and I love to play them on the airplane and stuff like that. It, it doesn't take the place of a board game in person. It doesn't, you know, take away the crowd or not, but man, does it make a flight so much easier. And, you know, some of those adaptations are even like pass and play. So I can take my turn and hand it to my wife in the seat next to me. She could take her turn and hand it back. Uh, I think they're doing a great job. Uh, they didn't mention it, but I also really, really am intrigued by that wild tiled West game that they're putting out too. That seems really cool. Mm-hmm. That's doing well, but also let's just teach on the fact that, you know, collectible pins are definitely a part of the con experience. And it sounds like he is the junkie. He is the guy handing out candy <laughs> to the children to uh, get them into the, the th- collectible pin market. And you know what? If you don't leave a con with a pin, you are doing something wrong. You got to have something to attach to your little lanyard. You got to have something to attach to your, like a souvenir of the moment at the very least for every year to get one. So yeah, it sounds like he's helping young junkies find their way. Would you say he's a pin pusher? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's go to the next clip. Hey, Voyagers, here with Matt from Wet Ink Games. Yes, an RPG. I know Andrew likes board games, but I'm the RPG guy here. So we got Matt from Wet Ink. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. Pax is always a favorite show. Awesome. So, what is, for people that maybe not know who Wet Ink is, what do you guys do and what do you produce? We primarily make role playing games, although we do have a card game coming next year. Nice. Uh, but we make. Uh, Family-friendly games, we make horror games, we make system agnostic source books, and RPGs in a box. Those are our four kind of quadrants that we're working on. And what are you guys showing off this week at PAX? Oh, we, we got basically everything we've ever published is here. Uh, the stuff that's like kind of the featured things for the year are Into the Sesson Citadel, which is written by Charles Ferguson Avery and Alex Coggin of Feral Indie Studio. It is a system agnostic source book to make a city into a terrible, terrible place to be. You got your cobblestone crabs, you got your mapping tools for your sewer, you got your random roll tables for whether or not the guards of the city hate you this day. You know, all the kind of tools that you need to make a terrible fantasy city. And I I also shot out um, Ekin Good Doggos, which has been a big seller for us this year. Family friendly game of dogs doing dog stuff. Use your playing cards to uh, resolve conflicts. Awesome. I love your guys' RPGs. I have for a long time. When I, I first found out with Jiangxi, which is a Sen Fung Limbs and Banana Seas game, and from there I just was been in love with what you guys do. But what everyone's here to talk about, what is your favorite memory or story from PAX? Well, uh, I, I, mean, I said it to be top. I love PAX. It's a great place for the food and the vibe of the people, and uh, Chinatown being right next door is, uh, is great. So, uh, And then we went to... I don't even remember the place we went, but the ninth level hosted ninth level and Gamma hosted a uh, party, and being able to go to an industry show like that and see people that's like, oh, it's been a year since I saw you. I'm I'm so glad you're here too. And then also to meet new people and to see people who I know your name from the internet, but here you are in person. Let me shake your hand. Like that sort of mixing of like all of the people that I want to work with or that I have worked with is just something that you know Pax is just so great for that because everybody's so excited to be here and see each other and talk about the industry and what we do. Awesome. So, like, what is one, one short thing you can share with our Voyagers that people may not know about the industry, like, at conventions? Oh, uh, we, we're all friends. So, like, we have, our, we have our people that are, like, we see each other six weekends a year, six to 12 weekends a year, and, like, they're, you know, we, we talk about the customers, we talk about like the the, uh, the the cons, we talk about the insider uh, trading, right? Well, it, exactly, exactly, and also the the like work that we're doing, and like work with this person, they're great, you know. This, where'd you get this art done? It's amazing. Like, let me introduce you, you know. It's a uh, 
there's always networking happening and uh, it, it may not be as obvious because when we're on the con floor selling books, we're selling books to like the people, but like we're also talking to each other all the time. So if people want to support Wet Ink Games, what can they do? So you can get all of our products through IPR or uh, for physical versions, uh, IndiePressRevolution.com, or you can go to DriveThruRPG to get everything we have digitally. And we're on all the socials uh, under Wet Ink Games. Awesome. Thank you for your time, Matt. I'll let you get back to the show so we can get really busy here soon. And I hope to see you again. Yeah, pleasure to talk to you. So what I heard there was dogs doing dog things in an RPG and settling it with a deck of cards. How amazing is that premise just by itself? So I can be Fido. I can be a Dalmatian. I can uh, run around and piss on that bush to mark my territory. And I'll flip a card over to find out if the bush hits me back. Uh, it depends what kind of bush it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about RPGs is that you can be as creative as you want. And Wet Ink does some really cool themes. Like Jiangxi, the one I like to talk about, is about a multi-generational Chinese immigrant family mm -hmm. in like the 1900s trying to run a restaurant, but also trying to fight back Jiangxi, which are Chinese vampires from invading their home every night. Wow. All right. That's a, that's a rich place to go uh, uh lots of garlic in that restaurant i'm guessing but yeah very cool i like that oh yeah no i'm excited i hope i hopefully we'll have a continuing relationship with wedding games here in the future we'll see love them love their rpgs but i'll you know i can't wait to see what they do next hey there voyagers we're here with mitch from whiz kids games mitch how the heck are you uh, I've been great. It's PAX. It's Saturday night, so it's been just a lot of demoing games, meeting a ton of people, and just having a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys got a big tournament area, and you got your booth as well. You guys are scattered all throughout PAX. What are you guys showing off of these areas? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, we have some great new board games. We have some uh, preview kits of some upcoming uh, miniatures games that we have. A lot of fun minis uh, for Critical Role, Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder, a lot of plush. So we got a whole ton of stuff. What are you most excited about? That's a great question. So for the first time ever, um, we're showing off Star Trek Into the, Into the Unknown. So Star Trek Into the Unknown is a miniature skirmish game. Uh, it's campaign, so it's very story-driven and narrative-driven. Um, we have beautiful pre-painted uh, sculpts of uh, the different ships. And so it's going to really, really feel like the Star Trek universe in your exploration of different planets, in your mission objectives, space battle, um, but also not just battle because you're doing negotiation and diplomacy and that sort of thing. So it's the first time we have it on the table for people to try and they're having a blast with it. Awesome, awesome. So what's your favorite PAX, Mary Mitch? So today was something really special. So we've been running an onslaught tournament and um, we had people sign up uh, in advance. At the last minute, um, two folks had to cancel and drop out. And we were a little down because you never want that for the tournament. Moments later, uh, a gentleman and his young son rolled up and said, hey, do you have spots for the tournament? We've never played, but we'd love to give it a shot. And so I both taught them how to play while they entered the tournament at the same time, and they were kicking butt. You know, this little guy, he was so sharp, and he was making great moves, and they had a really good time. And it was fun to see new players can pick up the game and be competitive uh, and make it far through the tournament. So that's been really, really special, especially when you see a little one um, feel confident in a game and, and knock out players in a tournament and stuff like that. So it's been cool. That's a really great feeling, probably as a publisher, knowing that 
you've made a game that can be competitive, but also really easy to be competitive in. So what do you guys got coming in the future? Um, so st that Star Trek Into the Unknown will be um, a, a main highlight that's coming up. Soon, we are going to be announcing some really special things. Um, I, I don't have the liberty uh, to share today at this moment, but keep your ears open um, early next year. Uh, but we just re recently released something that I really love. It's called Yakmok the Winter Market. So this is a board game uh, that's pretty much resembles a lot of the, the winter and holiday markets that you might have seen uh, out and about town where you can go and get hot cocoa and get some snacks and some kind of holiday treats and trinkets and all that kind of stuff. And so it's a game that um, captures this really big famous one in Sweden, uh, in, in the town of Jakmak. It's been going on for 400 years. People travel around the world to come to this winter market. And so we kind of resemble that in our board game. And so it's kind of got that winter charm um, with some really fun artwork. It's a family weight set collection game. And you have your family member meeples going around the market collecting cards. And so it's a good one. Awesome. So people want to follow along the progress of these games or want to know more, want to support WizKids, what can they do? The best thing you can do is give our games a shot. Um, if you hear about our games, if your friends have some of our games, if you see us at PAX, you know, come swing by, demo our games. We have a lot of different options that you can try. Like I mentioned, a really um, simple family weight card collection game or a super heavy, you know, D&D battle, skirmish miniatures game and everything in between. So uh, if you've never heard of us or if you haven't give, uh, seen much of our games, give them a shot. We got so many. Uh, and if you like them, you know, spread the word. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mitch. Mitch, you can get up to it, but have a great rest of your con. Hey, I appreciate you stopping by. Wow. Talk about a range there, right? So you've got this Yakmok Swedish market holiday festival set in the actual world with families. And then you've got Star Trek exploring the sci-fi universe with pre-painted minis in a skirmish battle game with exploration and diplomacy. I mean... I guess the market itself is a little bit of diplomacy, but it, there's not a lot of crossover there. There's not a lot of places that those two <laughs> places can exist, and you can put them on your table from the same company. How cool is that? And then on top of that, a moment where you know a lot of these events, these conventions do sell out. They they are popular enough that you kind of have to get there early, but it doesn't hurt to ask. Uh, sometimes <laughs> there's that moment where you're like, yeah, let's go to find out. You should always try to find out. Like always, just just ask. You never know what happens. And of course, some of these events really do sell out. And then something happens to the people who wanted to do it. Either they double booked accidentally or, you know, they had a family emergency. You, you never know what it is. So there, there may always be a little place to creep in. And if you're the person who asked at the right time, you get that opportunity. On top of that, I love that he created a game, just like you said, that's easy enough for first timers to do well at, but yet still provides a challenge for people who know how to play the game and you get competitive balance in that. that that's a sweet spot in the world that's awesome hey Voyager, just with here with quill from snowbright studio and rpg I'll, I'll, i'm gonna let you talk about what you are but <laughs> quill how the heck are you doing how's pax going for you uh i'm doing great uh pax has been a total blast this entire time uh we have been talking to so many cool people and i'm so happy to be here so for people who know what is snowbright studio uh, Snowbright Studio is a cozy game studio. Everything we do is cozy and heartwarming, and we just want to make games that make people feel good. Awesome. So how's PAX been? How, how are people re um, receiving that idea here at PAX? Yeah, people have been responding really well to it. I see people coming up and just falling apart so happy looking at our games. Uh, and once they hear about the content of them, 
they're just falling in love with it and it makes me so happy to see how happy it's making everyone else so what you, speaking of that kind of making memories what's your favorite memory of PAX my favorite memory of PAX is probably uh, playtesting with all of the cool people that are here. Uh, we run these uh, demo sessions that are so much fun and we meet so many interesting people while we do it. I have such a blast watching it all happen. Awesome. So if people want to support Snowbright Studios, what can they do? Uh, so if you want to support Snowbright Studio, uh, you can buy uh, all of our products that we have. Uh, they're at PAX here with us and also available on our website. We have a bi-monthly magazine, we have a few different RPGs, we have a couple board games. There's all kinds of stuff that we have, uh, cozy content for all. Awesome. I know you're busy, so I'll let you go. Thanks so much for your time, Will. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love this trend of cozy games, right? Like, there are billions of games out there. You can have conflict and battle and have these epic moments of contrast. But how many games are there where you can just sit and be gentle and play a game that's a puzzle or a a little bit of a gentle, sweet thing? Like, I think that's where the trend of things are going to go. I think there's going to be a little bit more of that in the world, and I'm all for it. Hey, Voyagers, we're here with Ross from North Star Game Studios. They've made great games recently, like Paint the Roses, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Oli and the Shiny Thing. Is I learned I learned something shiny, but it was a it was a good effort. Yeah, so that, that's the problem because this is the game I've been seeing lots of people talk about, and I was really excited to get a time with you today to maybe look at it a little bit and talk about it for a little bit. But we're here to talk about North Star Game Studios in general. So how, how is it going for you guys this weekend? I mean, I uh, don't let the accent fool you. North Star is an American publisher. We're based in uh, Maryland, so it, this is a local convention for us, and it's one of our favorites. Uh, so I love uh, Pax Unplugged because it, com it combines like the ability to see new games, play new games, demo stuff, but also a great play space, which I think is really important to just be able to take a game, walk down like that, a couple of aisles, and then just really put it on the table and enjoy it with some friends. Yeah, no, Pax is one of my favorites too. So, and you guys, I've mentioned a few games you guys are showing off. What are those other games you guys are highlighting here at this convention? Yeah, so one thing I will say is uh, North Star's been around for about 20 years. Yeah. And we've had like uh, big hits like Wits and Wages and Say Anything, which have sold millions of copies. So a lot of people know us because of that. A few years ago, we realized our passions lay in only producing hobby games, games like with more strategic depth. So since then, we've made a concerted effort to like no longer put out party games, which is disappointing to some. But you gotta, you gotta, you know, feed the fire that fuels you, like when you're making games. So what we've got for show that people can demo at this uh, particular convention is we have Paint the Roses, which is a cooperative strategy game, which some people may know. It's like a logic puzzle set in the world of Alice in Wonderland. We've got Oceans on the Table, which is a game all about creating aquatic species in a shared ecosystem. One of the reasons why we're highlighting it at this show, because it's been out a couple of years, is there's a brand new expansion called Legends of the Deep, which brings cultural mythology from around the world into the science of the ocean's world. Nice. Um, and we hired illustrators that were from all of the different places we had these mythologies that we found. And it brings this bombastic kind of element into the ocean's world that you can play straight away. And my favorite thing about it is it adds barely any additional rules. Some expansions can like bog a game down a little bit. This is like maximum fun for minimum rule set. Um, and additional to that, we have I Learned Something Shiny, the game uh, that you garbled the name of, but a lot of people, <laughs> but a lot of people do. Uh, and that's a uh, narrative story-driven game with a branching uh, story path uh, where you start uh, in an idyllic world. I kind of liken it to, say, in Lord of the Rings, 
you start in Hobbiton, uh, everything's safe and secure, and you're going to go on this adventure that will get darker and scarier and more risky as you go. It's not you're not going towards Mordor, but you're going towards something that's a little scarier than home. Uh, we also have Inheritors, which is a, a small box card game that packs a big punch on the table, and that is a like strategic card game that plays in 30 to 45 minutes where. The king has died, you're all trying to win influence across the five realms to claim the throne. And I'll take a breath for a second to see if there's anything I've forgotten. No, I think, I think, I think, I've, I think I've got it. <laughs> awesome. So here's the thing we're all excited to hear about. That. What's your favorite story from PAX? Uh, so, I mean, for me, a lot of us, the fun for me comes from the evenings. But meeting people I haven't seen in a long time, I'm actually going to cheat a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and I'm not going to tell you a story from PAX, but I'm going to tell you a story from Gen Con, the last American convention I was at. Okay. Uh, and I went back home after a long day, long evening, and it was uh, two in the morning, and I had to go down one floor on the elevator, and it broke going down one floor. So the uh, Indianapolis Fire Department had to come and rescue me <laughs> in the middle of the night from the elevator. And I thought maybe they'd like help me out. Like I'd seen all of these like movie scenes where they help you out. But I was just like sliding along on my butt, like sliding out <laughs> like the least graceful thing in the world. Um, so far with PAX though, seeing the people, like I don't have any big stories yet. We're only at the start of day two, but catching up with friendly faces and just, you know, seeing the community is what it's all about for me. Awesome. Well, Ross, I wish you the best. Everyone, if you're here, if you're here, go online, support North Star any way they can. Do you have a Facebook page or any socials they can like and follow? Super simple, so Instagram, Facebook, uh, I refuse to say X, I just did, but tw Twitter, uh, forward slash North Star Games. Well, Ross, we're about, the event show's about to open. I'll let you guys go, but thank you so much for giving your time today. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming by. And the moral of the story is take the stairs if it's only one floor. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got to get a tour of some of their games after this. And I am thrilled that I'm going to be playing Isla and something shiny here soon. Okay. Because my friend, Teacher Ryan from Level Up Board Game Podcast, yep. had two copies on accident. And so he sent me one because he knew I wanted it. So that was very kind of him. Thank you, Teacher Ryan. But yeah, no, this was this was great. All their games looked great. Ross was really kind enough to give us some time to view everything. It was awesome. So the beginning of that game is the cozy game. And then as you progress in the world, you get into those more battle-driven aspects so you get yeah. both in the price for the price of one exactly and this is a one-player game but this is a game that me and my wife can sit down and play together cooperatively because one plus technically so we'll just go back and forth and make decisions and i'm excited for it hey folks we're here with sean from burnt island games and ktgb games with kids table board gaming and stuff like that how's your con going Great con, great con. It's a great way to end the year, see everybody. Uh, it's kind of the end of the gaming calendar, so it's been really fun. And uh, we, we had a really fun media event to kick things off. Uh, we were announcing a couple new games, so yeah, yeah, it's been great. Good response so far. And uh, how is it... I'm oh, sorry, Ooh, I just blanked on my question. <laughs> and what are you guys showing off here this year? I saw stuff in the media room you probably won't talk about, but... Anything you can share, please do. What are you I, I will. I will talk. I'll talk. Yeah. So the big uh, ones that we're showing off at this show, uh, Wasabi, a game of raw skill, which is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, a lot of like our demo tables have been full the whole time. Uh, but the two big announcements we made were uh, Layers, which is a game about uh, building and running uh, dungeons. So it's a really unique, fun game. And How to Save a World, which uh, we debuted here and we've been showing it off 
and getting really, really good responses to that. So yeah, it's been fun. Awesome. So what's your favorite PAX memory, Sean? Ooh, favorite PAX memory. It's so hard to say. You know what? I, I, I like seeing all the people, uh, you know, seeing fans and interacting with them and like getting feedback on how they like the games and playing the games and, and whatnot. But I did get to pet a service dog. I was allowed to do that. And that was such a nice break uh, for my day. So that, that one sticks out to me right now as a, as a good memory. It's the small things, right? You got to remember the small exactly. things. So if people want to support K, KTBG or Burnt Island Games, what can they do? Yeah, so uh, you can go to burntislandgames.com or uh, kidstablebg.com uh, and, you know, check out our lineup of games. We've got, as I say, How to Save the World coming to Kickstarter uh, early next year and Layers coming to Kickstarter uh, later in the year. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be running uh, different uh, events to where people can demo those games and also we'll be running some online uh, events on TTS where people can play those games online as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Let's get back to it. We have a great Mr. Khan. Thanks. Thanks very much. Yeah, I love what Kids Tableboard Game is doing. Uh, their art is so accessible. It jumps off the box. Um, it's not one of those things that you're going to see crazy level of depth to it, but it's so bright and fun and lively. It just calls to you. It calls you across the room to check it out. And I always want to see what the next thing they're doing is. Absolutely. It was a pleasure, too. I got to meet Roberta at that party and at the booth. Got to just say hi to her. You know, nothing. She's always She was always busy, obviously, demoing games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But she said hi. We said, how are you doing? How's the con going? All that yada, yada, yada stuff. But, you know, it's great. It was good. to. I was grateful. This was near the end of the Saturday con, like the convention hall time. So they were grateful. They were. I'm grateful that they were able to actually get me in for a few minutes. Right. I think it's really cool to see all these uh, submarine alumni while you're out. Hey, Voyagers, we're with Tim Eisner, designer Tim Eisner from Weird City Games. And we're at his little demo table where he's got a bunch of his games set out. Most probably Leaf, which looks fantastic on the table, by the way. But how are you doing? How's your packs going? Oh, it's going great. It's fantastic. Uh, the only thing is I've been going nonstop. We've been having people at the demo tables. Our booth's been full, so it's been really fun. Love this show. It's great interacting with folks. And uh, really excited to show off Leaf. That's our newest game. Came out uh, last month, and it's just fun getting it on the table, showing it to a bunch of different gamers. Yeah, what's really cool is that your games are very eye-catching, so I'm not very surprised that people keep coming to sit down. Is that something you take priority when you do design in your games? It is, definitely, yeah. We love to create nature games is kind of our specialty right now, and just working with really good artists to bring them to life is one of the most exciting things for me as a game designer is just being able to find good artists to pair with and just crafting a whole package that's beautiful, attracting, and makes the play experience super fun. Yeah, and you have two games that are coming out soon. You have Canopy uh, Evergreen, which is the follow-up to Canopy the Card Game, and then you have March of the Ants, which is... uh, This one really excited me, so could you give a brief brief overview of what that is for our listeners? Yeah, March of the Ants is a 4X game that plays in about an hour. Instead of building a galactic civilization or a you know ancient civilization, you're building an ant colony, so you're exploring out into the meadow, collecting resources, and then you're evolving your ant with different heads, thoraxes, and abdomens, which give you unique abilities, asymmetric powers, and it plays in about an hour. It's got a quick setup, but gives you some nice, crunchy 4X uh, experience. It sounds great. Uh, hopefully we can have you on to talk about on the Periscope so we can get a little more information about that. But the question we're all asking here today is what's your favorite memory or story from PAX? Uh, my favorite memory from PAX is actually, I think it was back in 2018 or 2019, uh, we just finished doing a bunch of demos, running around, 
and we're like, oh, we want to learn a game. We went to the game library, and they had Heaven and Ale, which we were excited to play, but we only had an hour till the whole hall closed. So me and my friend were like, all right, we can learn this in an hour. And we like zipped through the rule book, played it, got it super fast, had a great time, but it was just a real fun, like down to the wire, let's go. And like just zoomed through the game, but still loved it. And yeah, that was a great time. Yeah, there's something about that pressure sometimes of time constraints, especially with like work, the industry, that really pumps you up and gets you going. Do you plan on playing anything else this weekend? Uh, well, I played Ready, Set, Bet already. I'm hoping to play Distilled. It's a longer game, so we'll see if my brain can handle <laughs> learning that. Uh, but, you know, just excited to see what's out there and check out different things. Awesome. So if people want to support Weird City Games, what can they do? Uh, you can go to our website, weirdcitygames.com. Uh, you can also find our games in most local hobby stores if you ask for Weird City Games. And uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, so come like our page, check out our posts, and uh, visit us on Kickstarter. Awesome. Well, Tim, we have people at your table right now, so we'll let you get back to them. But thank you so much for giving your time. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. Have a great rest of the show. Lots to unpack there. Some really cool stuff. Leaf looks gorgeous. Uh, really cool art. Uh, I love that they do the nature-themed games. I know that's the hotness right now, but I also am interested in that. I think it's great. I do find it a little ironic that they do nature-themed games, but their name of the company has City in it, which seems like it's kind of different. But, you know, if I'm going to play a Forex game, I think I'm interested in playing ants in a Forex game more than I'm playing spaceships and alien races. So I like what they're doing. Are you just dunking on Last Light for no reason right now? No, no, no. I I want to play Last Light. I'm sure it's amazing. But if you're talking about theme, I I feel like I'd rather play something in the natural world than something sci-fi and out in space. Hey, Voyagers. We're here with Tony Thorpe from Kesco Games. I think you guys have a really interesting booth because it looks like a bunch of old-style video game stuff. But I'll let you talk about a little more. How are you guys doing at the con? Uh, it's been amazing. That we, we started going to board game cons more seriously, uh, I'd say, beginning of last year, uh, midway through last year. And we, we've been just blown away by the response. People are, are loving Mega Man. The, the response from Sonic has been incredible. So it's been really cool to just see everyone's excitement about the stuff that we're bringing. And so what kind of games are you showing off here at PAX this weekend? Uh, so this weekend we have uh, our, some of our flagship games are uh, old NES-style games, as you mentioned. We have uh, Mega Man Adventures, we have Contra the Board Game, and we're demoing off uh, our new game, Sonic Roll, uh, which is uh, it's, it's style after the old Genesis games. We also have a lot of anime properties. We have uh, anime playmats, uh, and we also have a Spy X Family game. Uh, we, we have some other anime games coming in the line that we're excited about, but that's mainly our thing. Awesome, awesome. So... What's your favorite PAX memory? Uh, so my personal favorite PAX memory is probably from PAX South, uh, RIP. Um, it, it, it was always a great show. Uh, I just my, my first time there, I got to go with my best friend, and, and we were just really like, we, the city itself, San Antonio, was beautiful. The show was amazing, just walking in another show in the city. It was, it was a really cool weekend that I'll never forget. Awesome. So if people want to support Kesco, what can they do? Uh, I mean, look us up online. Check us out if you're excited about the products. Please, you know, either uh, send us a message, uh, go to the store and buy our games, or if you're interested in reviewing and uh, getting our word out there, we would love that. Just get in contact with us. We can get your review copy. Awesome, awesome. I'll let you get back to it. It's busy right now, but you have a great rest of your con. Uh, Thank you. You too. So I had never heard of Kesco, and they are playing on our nostalgia, obviously, playing all these super nes games that we played as as kids or as adolescents and now you've got a board game version i'm looking at the mega man adventures right now and they made the box look like the cartridge which i think is oh yeah brilliant so um 
I'm, I'm going to have to check them out, and I'll go forward and see what, what else they got coming out. Yeah, their entire booth is really fun. Their Sonic Roll game looked a lot like the Cuphead game. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's going to be very similar to that, rolling dice really fast in real time. But, you know, they're they're hitting a market that's not been, I think, effectively tapped in board games quite yet. So I really hope they start making some really good progress in that area. Hey, Voyagers, we're with Tyler Perra at the Fantasy Flight Star Wars Unlimited booth. Tyler, for those who may not know who you are, who are you and why are you at the Star Wars Unlimited booth? Yeah, uh, so my name is Tyler, obviously. Uh, I am one of the designers of the game. Okay. So we're out here, we're demoing the game. The game hasn't come out yet. Uh, we're trying to get people excited. I'm certainly excited. Uh, and I can't wait to see how how uh, how many people are coming. Like, this is, it's been really impressive so far. So for people who may not know, what what is Star Wars Unlimited and why why should they be excited about it? Star Wars Unlimited is a head-to-head competitive tra- uh, trading card game. Uh, it's sold like all the other trading card games in booster packs and starter decks and stuff. Uh, lots of deck building potential, lots of draft and sealed gameplay. Uh, if you like Star Wars, it, it is easy to learn and, uh, and, and easy to get into. Uh, and if you're a hardcore t- uh, card game player, then it's got a lot of strategic depth. So... How has the reception, you guys got lots of tables here, how has the reception been as people have been going in and out and played, playing the game and stuff like that? What were some of your thoughts about it? Uh, well, we've had, our tables have been full for most of the convention so far. We're on halfway through day two. Um, and honestly, people are really excited. Uh, it's great to see people who have never played trading card games before. It's great to see people who saw us at Gen Con and have been, you know, <laughs> pr- playing with printed out proxies ever since, right? Like... <laughs> Uh, we, we got to, we got to, there was a, a meetup of some fans from the Discord yesterday, right? Nice. Uh, but also just seeing people with their spouses, seeing people with their kids. Uh, it's great to see a lot, a lot more than just the hardcore card game players coming out. And, and I think we've had a line all afternoon, so that's heartening. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a very good sign. So here's a question for you then. What is your favorite PAX memory? Uh, probably the wildest thing. So this is my first PAX. Uh, so I'm still new new to this. I've been to other conventions, but just haven't made it out to PAX yet. Uh, probably the wildest thing that happened is yesterday. Uh, we, I went to the, the the Discord meetup. There were maybe like ten or so people that have been playing this game or talking about this game online. Uh, one of them brought a, a sleeved draft set. We haven't even previewed the whole set yet. There are there's like. 40% of the cards they haven't even seen, and they're like, yeah, we're just going to draft it. We don't know the draft rules. We're just going to figure it out. I'm like, okay, guys, this is great. God, that's a good sign, though, for a TCG crowd to have them that passionate about you know, making their own formats, I guess, for lack of a better term. So what? So how many formats are you planning right now? Just one uh, release, or what can, they, what can people expect when it releases in March? Uh, so uh, we will have one. So obviously there's always the casual cards I own format, yeah. right? Um, we will be supporting a competitive standard. You, you can't see my air quotes. It won't be called standard, but yeah. you get the idea. Yeah. Rotating new cards format yeah. uh, for the competitive and the, the casual scene. Uh, also, of course, draft is supported. This game is designed for to support draft from the ground up. Uh, sealed, same deal. Um, we have a, a, a wacky multiplayer format that we haven't previewed yet, but it exists. We were developing it earlier this year. Uh, and honestly, it's a trading card game. I'm a 20-year trading card game player. I've made up formats. Yeah. I, if the audience doesn't make up wacky formats, I'll be shocked. <laughs> um, I actually have other wacky formats that I would love to you know, put out there into the world and see how people react to them. 
but obviously we'll get there when we get there. It'll be a good day if I ever see a Wookiee Highlander. I'm going to be very happy. <laughs> so if people want to support Star Wars Unlimited, or if they want to you know, get on this crowd, what can they do? So the game comes out in March, uh, March 8th. Um, Pre-release is on March 1st. The short answer is go to your local game store and ask them to buy it. Uh, it we're, we're right now getting solicitations from stores, so the more stores know that people want to play the game, the more they will know that it's worth, worth it for them to buy it. Uh, and then obviously that means you'll get to play too. Um, other than that, uh, chat on social media. I believe we will be announcing at some point soon a schedule of events that we'll be at next year. Um, we do live streams about every other week. I know we're doing, doing one the next two weeks. Uh, and then everybody's taking a break for the holidays, of course. Uh, and then we'll be back in January. So find us on social media. Um, find us on YouTube. Go tell your local game store. That's, that's it, really. Awesome. Well, I know you're busy, so let's get back to combat. Thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. No, this is great. And we finished with a trading card game in the Star Wars universe. You covered everything. Like, you got all <laughs> the things, and I'm impressed by how many of these smaller publishers or people who are doing more niche things, you were able to include a whole lot. And I think that's awesome. Thank you so much for, for all your hard work and running around and probably losing some sleep, even though I hope you didn't. Not too much. Just just time at the con to play games is what I lost, and that's okay. It's you know it. What felt good to be able to include small small publishers who are just starting out with medium publishers who have loyal followings, mm -hmm. with big publishers who are rocking the industry right now. Right. So I think you know we started off with you know AEG, a mid company. We went all the way down to. You know, Ixion Games, which with Damon, which is a super small indie company. Mm -hmm. And we ended on Fantasy Flight, which has been a powerhouse in the industry since the early 80s. And we got small releases. We got big releases. I'm sad I didn't get anything from Lorcana, but that line I didn't want to attempt to brave, to be completely <laughs> honest. But I think, I think we got a pretty good spread. But what are your overall impressions of what people were sharing today, Andrew? It's great. Uh, I, I feel like the format of our show and the part that I love about it is just hearing these insider stories. Like I really think that these are the things that really bring depth and understanding to what makes the people in this industry so special. I, I feel like we really do have special people in this industry. You know, there are plenty of other industries in the world that have cool and, and smart people that do awesome things, but I'm not sure all of them are as nice or as kind as the people in this industry are. And it, it's partly because it's non-competitive. It's all the rising tide lifts all boats situation. So all the boats want to help each other get better and get stronger and share information. And this format of going around and asking these people to tell these, these quick little stories, I think really showcases that. Absolutely. Well, for, the Radar, we're going to be talking about cons that you can look forward to us being at next year, confirmed or unconfirmed. But let's go ahead to On the Sonar. It's <laughs> not Radar, but On the Sonar. And we'll talk about what cons we have coming up in the future. On the Sonar, we're talking about one game we're looking forward to playing in the future. But in this case, we're talking about the cons we're looking forward to visiting next year. Andrew, how about you go ahead and start us off and tell us what cons are you a firm yes for or maybe 
constantly you're like, maybe I'll be here. We'll see how the cards lay out. Yeah, I'm, I've been planning out my next year. And so TantrumCon is a yes. I'm absolutely all in already. Got my flight, got my hotel, got my badge. So we're in on that one. I'm 50-50 on Gamma in March in Louisville, Kentucky. I want to go to it, but I'm just not sure it's going to be in the cards as far as getting all the things that I want to do in my real life on top of the gaming life. Um, after that is Geekway to the West. That's a yes. Absolutely, I'm going to that this year. Um, I would really love to go to UK Games Expo. I don't think that's going to be able to happen. I don't know if I'm going to be able to swing that ticket and that hotel and that, and that flight and all those things like that. But I am going to go to Origins. I'm absolutely going to go to Gen Con in August. Uh, fingers crossed we can make Essen work. I don't think so. I go to that 20% chance at this point. And I'm going to finish up the year with PAX Unplugged. So that is my preview of the ones that, as of right now, I have all intentions of going to those cons. So for me, Tantrum Con as well. Hallelujah. I'll be going to Tantrum Con. Love that one. Glad to be back. After that, there's going to be, for sure... Proto Proto-Way Tales a maybe right now. Proto yeah. Tales is a solid maybe. I don't know if I can make it with me trying to do stuff for Cake Pie games. I'm really trying to figure out what's the best places to visit. And Proto Tales might be cards. As much as it's like my favorite prototype convention, I'm mm-hmm. not sure it's going to happen at least this year. It's a great but one. But we'll see. It's a great one. After that, in April, I have K-Town, which is a little te- convention in Knoxville, Tennessee, that... I have been invited to with the Level Up Board Game Podcast being one of their guest hosts. So I get to go in for free as long as I get to teach some games. Okay. But I'm talking with the owners right now. And we're going to set up some things for Cake Pie for me to you know show off Beach Day and stuff like that. And then there's Origins. Origins in – which is June. So you're not going to be at Origins, Andrew? Did you say Origins? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I must have missed that. I'm so sorry. But Origins, absolutely excited to – Go to that one. This is going to be an interesting one for me as well, as I'm not going to be doing a lot of pitching, just showing off cake pie games. We'll see how I'm going to do that as we approach soon. After that, I got a couple that are maybes, which is Sharkon in West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia, which is put on by people who run Queen Games in a lot of ways. The guy okay. who runs Queen Games here in America. And I've kind of always wanted to go, and I've been invited to go. It's just, will it work with Southern Fried Gaming Expo? which is also a solid maybe, which I've been hearing great things about. I've also been invited to and been recommended for, but I'm talking with the owner of Southern Friday Gaming Expo, seeing if it's something that's actually worth it. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's Atlanta, and my wife has been begging me to take her to Atlanta because she used to live there. <laughs> it might be a good opportunity for me to do so. And then there is Gen Con. So for me, Gen Con is up in the air right now. Right now, mm-hmm. I've submitted myself for consideration to work for Renegade Games nice. full-time nice. that entire week. I submitted myself for consideration. If I can get them to pay for the hotel and I'm just all week working, I will go to Gen Con. Okay. Because I am more interested in seeing how the industry works at Gen Con rather than just going to Gen Con. Right. So I want to see how the sausage gets made there. And that's mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with that. If I don't get accepted or don't get someone to pay for me to like lodge me there, I won't be going. Okay. Afterwards, in September, there is – shoot. One second. Let me think. September, I'm pretty sure Mega Moose Con will be happening. I'll probably go into that. Cool. And then there is PAX Unplugged again. And that's kind of the swath of things I'll be going to at this point. I'm doing a lot of conventions. There will probably be some smaller local ones I'll try to get to as well. But those are the big ones. I've thought about Geekway to the West. I'm 
mulling it over. I don't know exactly as much as I should about it to think if, see if I want to go to it. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. It's it's definitely. I know it's in St. Louis. I know I have a lot of friends who go there, but we'll see. Okay. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this whole episode up, Andrew. Voyagers, thank you so much for listening to our two episodes about PAX Unplugged on the floor. If you like these episodes, let us know. We like to do more and more of them because we like talking with so many people. And if you have publishers you want us to interview at your favorite conventions, please have them reach out to us or reach out to them saying, hey, get on Tabletop Submarine. <laughs> They're not asking for games. They're asking for people, which right. is you know, a great thing that we get to do, which a lot of people really appreciate. Andrew, do you have anything else you want to say to wrap up our thoughts on this two-episode saga? Just that conventions are one of a kind they're they're not something that i feel like is a nice to have i feel like the experience you get at these things is totally different but i think it enriches the soul like if that makes sense it's like a spiritual geekening right like you get a chance (laughs) to go and be surrounded by people who are like you and there's nothing like that there's nothing in the world that is I mean, I guess if you're a spiritual person, you go to church, right? Like, so this is on some level our church where we go and get to (laughs) be surrounded by cardboard tokens and miniatures and boards and cards. But we get to do it with everybody else who also loves those things. So I highly recommend going to a convention. Doesn't matter if it's small or big or near or far, but go and do it. Go try it out. And hopefully we have dipped your toe enough in packs that you'll be interested in going next year or any of these other conventions. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much listeners for taking some time to listen to our podcast. If you like us, give us a, a rating, just give us a rating, <laughs> you know, any rating helps. We love feedback on us. Just make sure to leave feedback. So it's not just a one star with no, with no visible way to actually look at what you think of the show. Yeah, we want to improve. So if you don't like it, tell us why. We've got to get better at this. Exactly. Well, listeners, it's been wonderful seeing with, with you today and talking about PAX. As always, my name is Josh. And I'm Andrew. And this has been the Tabletop Submarine. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the Tabletop Submarine podcast, please consider giving us five stars on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends, family, and other gamers in your life. See you on the next voyage.